<laughs> All right, what's up, everyone? <coughs> Start out with a cough. Thanks for uh, tuning in, logging on, clicking on another panic attack with Big John. I'm gonna talk some WWE rascling. Uh, remember, do all that like, share, subscribe, comment, uh, stuff. Follow me on Rumble. I'm trying to get bigger and bigger there. And, uh, I got the, I got the, the X, the Twitter. I got the Getter. I got the Truth Social. Uh, all of those are the handle at the real underscore Big John. So, uh, yeah, earlier tonight I was uh, doing a video and watching uh, Storm Chasers. Watching uh, the live feed of the tornadoes, and man, it's 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 tragic. Uh, it's first, second week of December, whatever, December 10th, 11th, 10th, and... Uh, we're having deadly tornadoes down south again. And uh, from what I've seen so far, uh, the damage is uh, bad across the south, but uh, six people dead in Tennessee and uh, dozens injured. And that's just Tennessee. So well, prayers go out for them tonight for sure you know I know this is supposed to be a wrestling podcast and a political podcast but you know do you know every night when I go to bed I, I literally I ask God to bless uh, everyone that's sick and, and I, he knows and I know that I mean around the world that's why I'm doing this with my hands uh you know, everybody, all the people who uh, lost a family member or a loved one that uh, God called home today. And, and you know, you, you just hope that some kind of grace can come on those of us that are left behind or the people that are hurting and, and needing to heal. Um, Anyways, all right, on to wrestling. <laughs> Don't want if you want a sermon, go to church in the morning or Sunday whenever you're watching this. Um, so the PLE Premium Live event, WWE NXT Deadline was tonight. And it st <laughs> started with Shawn Michaels and CM Punk doing a promo in the ring, and Punk came out and. Uh, <laughs> Asked Shawn Michaels, aren't you supposed to say suck it? Uh, and Shawn's like, I, I forgot what I was supposed to say. And uh, then Shawn pointed out that uh, Punk was wearing a Calgary Hitman uh, pink hoodie, which is uh, obviously Bret Hart's minor league hockey team that he owns. Uh, and... Punk said, hey, come on, you, you guys, you know, kissed and made up, 
Hell, even Hunter and I have kissed and made up. So it's all about healing. Just kind of funny pointing out some real life uh, bad blood <laughs> going back to uh, 1997 with Michaels and Hitman Hart. Um, and then in the 2000s, the uh, bad blood between CM Punk and <laughs> Triple H, who just hired him back. <laughs> so um, w there were a couple matches on the um, kickoff show. And it was the generic kickoff show, but the matches were live. Uh, it was the the late a lady and two guys in a studio kickoff show. So I, who cares? Um, and I didn't really watch the matches on the kickoff show because I just wanted to get past that. Um, I initially turned this on because I forgot that it was tonight. I forgot about it. I was watching uh, Christmas Vacation. I was like, oh crap. That NXT thing is tonight. I wonder if it started at 7 or 8. So about 20 after 8, I turned it on to uh, see Dragon Lee versus Dominic Mysterio. Um, Dragon Lee is the new NXT North American champion. Uh, Rey Mysterio was on commentary, and he is supposed to be on Dragon Lee's side. He was supposed to be in Dragon Lee's corner. But... Uh, at least once during the commentary, he complimented Dominic. Dragon Lee had Dom down for a pin, and Dom reached up and grabbed the ropes. And uh, Ray said, oh, it's good ring awareness. I'll, I'll give him credit for that. So maybe a little inkling, itsy-bitsy inkling, that maybe there's going to be a, a return arc uh, uh, another healing <laughs> relationship between Dom and Ray when Ray comes back. Uh, it's going to be a while before Ray is back in wrestling and is it 50 years old um, and doing what he's done for the last more than 30 years in wrestling. I think he's going on four decades in the wrestling business. Um, it's going to take that knee some time to heal. So um, another thing that, that's been popping up at, on the news feeds. There's not a lot of information because it was 24 hours ago-ish. WWE Smackdown was also their annual tribute to the troops show. So kudos to WWE for uh, continuing that for 21 years. And the backstory to tribute to the troops, um, I always forget this, is that uh, JBL went to Vince <coughs> and said, why don't we do something Bob Hope style for our soldiers? You know, and this was um, at the beginning of the Afghanistan war on terror. And they used to actually go overseas to the bases in Afghanistan and Iraq uh, and other military bases to wrestle for the troops. Uh, then they kind of brought it back to the United States. One year it was just in, a, in an arena with, um, it didn't seem like a lot of military folks there. They just 
called it Tribute to the Troops. Another year, it was pre-recorded. They were always pre-recorded for a while. Uh, but anyways, it was in an uh, Air Force hangar. And the hangar doors were open for, I guess, lighting reasons. And they kept talking about how cold it was, even though they were in Texas. It was very cold. And, of course, they're... In an Air Force hangar with the doors open, <laughs> the hangar door open, uh, and the wrestlers are, of course, in tights and, you know, not wearing much clothing. But this year, it was at an arena, and I thought, oh, it's on SmackDown Live. They're not going to have a lot of soldiers there like they did the last time. They did it in a big arena, but the crowd was almost entirely soldiers, so I don't know how... Uh, they did that, or unless they packed all the soldiers in one area, so it seemed that way. But God bless the WWE for doing something special for the troops once a year. So, on that show, however, during a commercial break, of all the times to, to try to do a dangerous high spot, uh... Oscar, who's generally a safe worker, stiff but safe, and Charlotte, who's probably the best all-around uh, female wrestler in the business. Uh, Charlotte was on the top rope. Oscar started climbing up to the top, and as they're trying to get into position for some, uh, maybe a superplex or something, uh, Charlotte's foot slips off the rope, and they both go tumbling. Uh, and I thought Charlotte hurt her neck when I heard she was injured and uh, saw the fall. So then trying to find medical updates, uh, she actually hurt her knee. Uh, and the way the fall looked, it looked like she went straight down on her head. But uh, I can see where the one leg got tangled up in the ropes uh, a bit going down. So, I mean, it's possible. It's a work. But I just wonder, you know, are we are we at the point where there are too many high spots in wrestling? Um, you know, I can't say the injuries are piling up from the high spots. But they're having to go higher and higher and more risky and more risky. Um, you know, of course, in the early 2000s, the Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian set the bar extremely high for high spots especially Jeff Hardy because he was always high <laughs> uh, in the figurative sense or or literal he was always stoned during his high spots let's put it that way as we, we assume that's why he wasn't afraid to jump off like 30 foot ladders and ridiculous things uh, but I mean Edge did one of the most dangerous and, and most famous ones where he uh, speared Matt Hardy. Hardy was hanging from a, a briefcase suspended above the ring and Edge was on the ladder and leapt off and speared Matt Hardy. So, you, you know, everybody had their thing. But uh, high spots and tables and weapons are just kind of played out, you know. You, you've you've hot 
how do they call it? You've uh, hot spotted, hot shot the crowd. Now you're having to get higher and more dangerous. And the high spots are taking so long for the wrestlers to get into position. It's starting to, you know, take away from the reality of it. You know, yeah, you, you get the ooh and awe, but you're sitting there going, okay, okay, all right, well, when's the move coming? Wait, you, you put your foot here, now you put your hand here, you go over here, I'm going over, you know, just takes so long for them to get in position for some of these. It's, you know, taken away from the suspension of disbelief. So anyhow, deadline, uh, this pay-per-view it has these iron survivor matches, which are a new play on the Iron Man match. They have multiple wrestlers in the ring in one match. Whoever has the most pinfalls after 25 minutes wins. They start out with two guys. One person enters every five minutes after that. And if you're pinned or submitted, you have to sit out for 90 seconds. Um, I'm going to guess this was a Shawn Michaels creation because he and Bret Hart had one of the most famous Iron Man matches where they went one hour, kept us in, entertained and on the edge of our seats for an hour. And those are the only two guys in wrestling that could have done that. Ric Flair could do it with anybody. He had a lot of hour, one hour draws, but... That was in the 80s. Uh, in the 90s and to present, the only guys that could do a one-hour time limit draw and in an Iron Man match are Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. Now, if they do an Iron Man or Iron Woman match, it's usually like 30 minutes. I'm like, this isn't an Iron Man match. That's not long enough. Um, but anyhow, so after the Dominic and, uh, Dragon Lee, Dragon Lee is your new North American champion, like I said, we had the women's iron, iron survivor match, uh, start out with Blair Davenport and Fallon, uh, we call her Fallon Fox. Fallon Henley. Uh, these two are good. I'm just wondering how Fallon is developing. You know, she's got the, the country girl bartender gimmick. Um, <clears throat> but is this her? Is this her gimmick? Uh, will she ever be a main roster wrestler? I'm kind of... She's one of the people that's a very pretty girl. And she's getting better in the ring. But where is this going to go? It may, it may take a few more years in NXT for her to get ready. And the main roster is full of women that they're not using well anyways. So... In order of appearance, next came out Tiffany Stratton. She's going to be the next huge star. 
unless they Mandy Rose her and, you know, toss her aside because they aren't paying her enough and she has to have a side gig to make a little extra money. But uh, she's got the look of Mandy Rose or Trish Stratus, even better looking than either of them. And 1,000 times the athlete of either of them. So uh, this Tiffany, I'm looking big things from her. Uh, Kalani Jordan, they make a big deal out of. I'm yet to be impressed, but it seems like WWE has big plans for her. The last one to enter the match was Lash Legend. I am not sure if she's a man or a woman. And I'm not being an ass. Just not sure she might be a transvestite. So first pin goes to Davenport. She pinned Fallon Fox. Or Fallon Henley. Damn, why do you want Fallon Fox? <coughs> <coughs> I hope the hell that's not a porn star name. She pins Fallon Henley. So Henley is out. She has to go to the penalty box. She comes out of the penalty box on fire. She pins Tiffany Stratton. Uh, this match is going to be um, something to elevate a new person to the world title picture. So I don't think at this point in the match that Tiffany Stratton, a former champion, is going to win. So uh, Lash double suplexes Davenport and Jordan once she's in the ring. Uh, she chokes slams Henley, then she chokes slams Stratton, and then she puts them on top of each other and gets a double pin. This is where it's a little too gimmicky for me, but with the double pin, Stratton and Henley have to sit out 90 seconds. And now you have Lash, who just got in the match, and she automatically has two points. That didn't fly with me. I thought that was bad booking. Bad, yeah, bad, bad idea. So Legend, uh, her friends are blocking the door so that uh, Henley and Stratton cannot get out. So Stratton and Henley have to climb out. And for somehow reason, Henley just falls off of the top of the penalty box that they have set up onto the announce table. It, it, it just didn't make sense to me uh, why she would do that. But anyways, that's what happened. That's how they got her out of the way. Uh, Stratton does a moonsault off the penalty box onto Davenport and Legend's friends. So... It ends up giving Legend an advantage. Uh, and the crowd is chanting, this is awesome. And, me, and this was an awesome match. Um, but the thing is, they're building towards a match with uh, Lyra Valkyria at the first NXT show, New Year's Evil, which will be on USA Network. Uh, January 3rd. But Valkyria needs to hang on to that belt for a little longer. It's been bouncing around. And the women's NXT champions had a history of having long title reigns. In fact, all NXT champions had long title reigns. And a lot of the belts have bounced around a little too much the last year or two. Nonetheless, um, 
Stratton, she pins Lash Legend with the prettiest moonsault ever. Then at the last second, Davenport breaks the tie. Because they had a, a, a thing going here where several of them had two pins each. Uh, Davenport wins with the third pin. So she's going on to match up with Lyra Valkyria at New Year's Evil. Uh, gave that a 69 star rating. It was probably the best match of the night. Had a little of everything, a little bit for everyone in that one. A lot of action. A lot of good spots. A lot of creativity by the women there. Uh, next was Lexus King, formerly known as Brian Pillman Jr. Uh, it's a grudge match with him and Carmelo Hayes. Um, and I thought this should be a good match. A lot of high spots. Um, <clears throat> I sometimes forget that uh, Lexus King or Brian Pillman Jr. Uh, is not the high flyer that his dad was. He's a much more methodical, take out a body part, work the leg, you know, slow it down kind of wrestler. And, and I like that style. Um, and this guy's got a lot of upside. He was an indie star, which doesn't translate into automatically jumping to main roster status. Just because you're the son of a legend and because you were a big star on the indies and in AEW. But uh, Lexus King, he wanted to start out with a handshake. And of course, you knew he was trying to lure Hayes into something. So Hayes is pissed. He slaps his hand away. Slaps King's hand away. Forget it. I'm not shaking your hand. Um, King missed a, a chop and hit the ring post. And I don't think he sold the hand injury well enough. Because not long after that, they're back in the ring and he's chopping uh, Carmelo Hayes with his supposedly injured hand. Why would you do that? I can see you go for one chop because your adrenaline's flowing, you forgot you, you're injured. And out of habit, you go for a chop and you, ah, then you sell it. Oh, shit, I shouldn't have chopped with that hand. That's not what he did. Uh, what happened, he's chopping away at Carmelo Hayes with his bad hand. Then Hayes kicks his bad hand away. And now he sells the hand injury. While Booker T and the other announcer are trying to put the hand injury over the whole time. With, oh man, it could be broken. Oh man, King, this might cost him the match. And then next thing you know, he's throwing chops with his injured hand. So that's something that he's got to work on. But that's something people like Shawn Michaels uh, and other guys at NXT will help him with. Um, it was a seesaw battle with a fast start. Uh, there's a lot I like about Alexa, Alec, uh, damn it, Lexus King's work. That Lexus King is going to really throw the name game off, though. Uh, anyways. Carmelo Hayes wins with a big leg drop off the top rope. Um, it's a good match. Four stars. Back and forth, like I said. 
Alexis Hayes uh, has a, a ton of upside potential, and I think the staff at WWE NXT have the ability to take this guy and make him something. He's going to be a great intercontinental champion and or United States champion. He could, you know, be a tag team, excuse me, tag team champion. Uh, I don't see him being a world champion right now. But again, Shawn Michaels at, at the Performance Center, the other retired wrestlers at the Performance Center are good at taking people and molding them into champions and into big stars. So we'll see. Post-match interview, though, Lexus King gets the microphone and he announces it wasn't me who attacked Trick Williams, but thanks for the PLE spotlight. And this made me laugh because it was a throwback to Brian Pillman grabbing a microphone and in, not even halfway into a match with Kevin Sullivan. Uh, and as Brian Pillman was quitting WCW, uh, Brian Pillman announced, I, I respect the hell out of you, Booker man. Exposing the business and announcing to the world Kevin Sullivan was the booker or the matchmaker. So that little promo there by Lexus King kind of made me think of that. Um, the men's Iron Survivor match. So in the order that they entered the ring. Or close to it. You had uh, Tyler Bate, you had Briggs, you had Dijak, Trick Williams, and lastly, Braun Breaker. Um, for a while, you had a three-way tie with three points apiece between Bate, Dijak, and Breaker, and you thought they were going to win. Uh, starting out this match, I thought this is going to be good. These are four great wrestlers. Um, Bate uh, had a nice airplane spin on Trick Williams. Uh, then he pinned Trick Williams. Braun Breaker entered the match and started spearing everyone. He was a spearing machine. Three pins in 40 seconds. <laughs> so now Bait, Briggs, and Dijak are all in the penalty box together, and they start fighting with each other in the penalty box. Um, Trick Williams does a dive onto the top rope onto everyone, but doesn't do any good. It ends up with Dijak pinning Trick Williams. Uh, Breaker does a Frankensteiner on Dijak, and then Tyler Bate catches him catches Dijak uh, with Bates finishing maneuver and Bates pins Dijak. So now Breaker and Bate are tied at 3-3. Three, three. Uh, now this should be a match to elevate somebody new, but I don't see anyone other than Breaker or Trick Williams as a potential champion. Uh, you know, Bate is good, but he's not, he's not big 
enough, and he just doesn't have the viciousness that Elio Dragunov has to be the world champion. I can buy Dragunov as an undersized world champion because he's built like a brick outhouse and he's got toughness. More on that later. So, Dijak and Brit, uh, Briggs, they get a double pinfall on Breaker and Trick. Then Trick pins <clears throat> Briggs. So, at, this is the point where Dijak, Bait, and Breaker are all tied with three pins apiece. So, who's going to win? You are assuming, one, the way Braun Breaker came in so fast and so hot, he was going to go over. Remember, he's one of the two guys I said I could see being world champion out of this bunch. Uh, Trick pins Bait and Breaker in the last 30 seconds to end up with the win. Very nice. Breaker's fast start made me think that Braun was going to win. Trick Williams with no pins up until almost the very end was a good swerve, good drama built there. So good booking, good planning in this match. Uh, I think Trick Williams has the potential to really be a big star. Uh, he's coming along slowly. He's going to need a couple more years in NXT. But if they do things right, by the time they get him to the main roster, he can be somebody that's a future uh, top, top of the card guy in the company and a world champion. Uh, I gave it a five-star match. I think it was great the way they did things. Um, the drama between who had, you know, three points, Braun Breaker coming in there, just destroying everybody. Because let's face it, I mean, Dijak, yeah, he's a good wrestler. Briggs, he's a good wrestler. But they're not, I don't even think they're main roster material. And I don't see them as champion material it's just how it is um i see you know uh what the hell was his name i can see bait as a undercard champion midcard champion but not a world champion you know uh the good thing about nxt and these guys getting tv exposure some of these guys you know bait uh briggs Dijak, even though Dijak was on the main roster for a while and not used well, um, they're not going to be superstars. Sorry. So, next we have Roxanne Perez and Kiana James in a grudge match. Uh, Kiana James has been messing with <coughs> Roxanne Perez's head for a few weeks. They've been fighting in the parking lots, in the locker room, in the trainer's room, everywhere. So they put the two ladies in a cage and say, all right, grudge match, fight it out. This Kiana James impresses me more and more. Uh, she's another one that has the look. Let's face it, wrestling is about looks, men and women. I just told you there's two guys in the last match that I don't see looking like world champions. Okay. Now, 
with Kiana James, she has really nice flat abs. I, I'm an ab guy on women. I'm, I'm weird. Uh, at least I'm not into feet. Okay. But anyways, James, athletic, good looking, strong lady, great at this character, this gimmick. So I'm rooting for Kiana James to win. Uh, I thought maybe we'd have a double turn here where Perez would go too far uh, and turn heel and they would flip James babyface. We'll see how that goes later. Uh, Kiana James, I already pointed out her nice abs, but I made a note of that. Uh, James tries to do a Pearl Harbor job on Roxanne Perez at the start of the match with her loaded Gucci bag, a.k.a. her loaded purse, her purse with a brick or something in it. Um, they made good use of the cage and unique use, throwing each other off the cage uh, at one point, Kiana James tangled Roxanne Perez's wrist up in the cage uh, and then was kicking the cage so that it was twisting uh, Roxanne Perez's wrist in the, the links on the cage. It was different, you know. Um, and when, even when they started throwing each other into the cage, nobody blades anymore in WWE. Um, and so they had to make unique use of the cage. And Keon James did get a scrape on her elbow. And, you know, they talked about all oh, the bruises are going to start and this and that. But nobody ever gets bloodied in cage matches like we saw in the 2000s and in the 90s and before that. So um, Prez is showing she can be vicious, which is a side we haven't seen in her. That's good. They need to make her a tougher character because right now she's just a, a sweet, innocent 22-year-old great wrestler, but she doesn't show the mean streak that a top-tier wrestler needs. Even as a babyface, you got to have that. So, um, Prez climbed to the top of the cage, but nothing came of it. Uh, it ends with Izzy Dane slamming the cage door on Roxanne Perez. Uh, Keon James wins with the steel chair uh, deal breaker finishing move. Um, you could tell Keon James was going to win because of her entrance. They show Keon James walking through the halls of WWE headquarters. They show her getting into a limo outside WWE headquarters. Uh, right before the match, she gets out of the limo in, in front of the building. Uh, on the, the big screen, they show a helicopter landing. Uh, it, it's obviously a, a digital animated helicopter, an AI or whatever. Not a real helicopter. Uh, and then smoke comes out and out through the smoke and supposedly out through the helicopter so to speak comes Kiana James so because she had such a big entrance you kind of thought okay this is Kiana James's push uh, this is to get her over and up to that next level of the card 
uh, I gave it 4.758923 stars. Why? Because star ratings don't mean shit. So you might as well just throw a decimal point and a bunch of numbers after it. Uh, Dragonoff versus Corbin for the NXT title. Um, I thought Dragonoff will make it a good match. Uh, but Corbin, he's a jobber. Uh, Corbin came out on a motorcycle. They had some kind of smoke machine hooked up to the back end of it. So that it looked like it was pouring exhaust out. And I'm like, how is that much exhaust coming out of this motorcycle and people aren't asphyxiating? Then when I watched it the second time, I said, oh, okay, because there's a smoke machine hooked up to the back of the motorcycle. And it's not actually exhaust. In fact, the motorcycle might not even have been on. He might have been, I think he was pushing it with his feet most of the time. And it maybe was in neutral. So anyhow... Start out back and forth. Uh, Corbin took control after dropping Dragonov on the announced desk that had been reinforced because it had already been broken like five times that night. That's another thing that's getting old and it's getting harder to believe the announced desk getting destroyed. But anyhow, uh, Corbin's dominance makes me think he's going to lose. It's just that simple. He's, you know, doing a lot of holds, a lot of punishing maneuvers. Great. That's great. And Dragonov can sell like the best with the best of them. He can make you think he's hurt. You feel his pain. And that's phenomenal. It's a lost art in today's high spot, flippy wrestling shit. Alright, so Dragonoff starts his comeback, they exchange blows, Dragonoff has Corbin in the corner and is just chopping the shit out of him. It's a chop fest. Uh, Dragonoff is just such a badass little dude. You know, you're like, man, this is why when you're, when you're at a bar... You don't mess with that quiet guy that's sitting there not bothering anybody. Because he might not be the biggest, but he might very well be the baddest guy there. And those red contact lenses of Dragonoff make him even scarier. So Dragonoff does three H-bombs and then a Moscow tornado, or pardon me, a Moscow torpedo to win the match. Uh, at this point, I paused it a few times. I paused it, went to the store, and when I came back, this is where I realized Peacock sucks for pausing and rewinding live shows. Um, I don't know why NBC's technology is not as good as the WWE Network's technology was, okay, is what I'm saying. Um, I, when I came back from the store... It didn't start where I paused it at. I ended up having to start it halfway through a completely different match. Um, and the announcer said, oh my God, Dragunov's third H-bomb. Now what? What is he doing? So I looked away, maybe because I was writing things down. And I clicked back 10 seconds. And I was already 
behind. I wasn't watching it live, but I had to completely go. It just froze up. So I had to go out and then find my way back into the show. And I got to this match again. Or no, I was at the, I was at the uh, Carmelo Hayes and Lexus King match. I was like, all right, might as well just start here because this is where it's making me start. And then all of a sudden, that cut out because the live stream had ended a while ago. And <clears throat> then when the replay uploaded, it kicked me out of <laughs> what I was watching. And I had to start all over. So I had to start jumping through, jumping through, just to get to this last few seconds and see what happened after the third H-bomb. Well, what happened was Dragonoff was doing this thing where he wanted to hug it out and make up, pretend make up with Corbin before he really whooped Corbin's ass. So the three H-bombs, the little hug it out, sarcasm, from Dragonov, and then the Torpedo Moscow winner, Elon Dragonov. He needs to hold that belt for a while longer. He also has a match with now Trick Williams at New Year's Evil in a couple weeks for the NXT title. But he needs to keep that belt a little longer. Even though I like Trick Williams. The NXT belts have been hot potatoes, and NXT was known for slightly longer title reigns. And to make those belts worth something, and to make the champions worth something, they have to hold on to the belts for a little while. So that match, I gave it four stars because of Ilhan Dragunov. Um, I just, I'm not a Baron Corbin fan, and <clears throat> yeah, I'm a. I'm the first to say not everybody needs to be on steroids. Not everybody needs to look like the ultimate warrior. People need to be able to work and sell and wrestle. Um, I much preferred for the last two decades or so, the uh, <clears throat> CM Punk or AJ Styles size body size, body type wrestlers. Uh, Brian Danielson, who's an undersized wrestler, but the best guy in wrestling right now. Um, you know, I've been on the Relight My Stug is what I'm on right now. Mmm. Went to throw my match in the ashtray. Missed the ashtray. Um, but I've been on the bandwagon of the smaller athletic wrestler who can do high spots and do them well and make them look believable. But can also mat wrestle. The work rate of a smaller athletic wrestler. Where some of my friends are still into the everybody has to be monsters and be on steroids. Uh wrestlers and you know 
in AEW right now, there are a couple guys that are, are breaking that mold that are definitely on steroids and definitely huge. But Powerhouse Hobbs and just thought of his name. Now I can't think of the other guy. Brian Cage, that's who it is. They can move like much smaller wrestlers, and but they're humongous. So there are guys out there that have the mat and the high-flying ability that are monstrous in size. But somebody like Triple H was a much better worker when he was um, Hunter Hearst Helmsley and was big. was not small by anyone's standards. But Vince told him, get, get on more steroids, get bigger, get more jacked. And what happened? His work slowed down. He, he wasn't as smooth anymore. And he started getting injured more. So, anyhow. But that was the uh, premium live event. I didn't add up the stars, but I will. It's like a 100-star match because I gave the girls a 69-star uh, but it was a great pay-per-view, premium live event, Booker Man, and uh, enjoyable, fun. So, with that, God bless you. Pray for one another. Love somebody today and be the reason somebody feels loved. Till next time, panic attack, and God bless you.